Manor. Hello, welcome to Tech Manor Podcast. It is the final episode of the 22-23 season. Thank Christ. And here we are. It's uh, me, James. <laughs> Got John. Hi, hi, John. All right. Jack, you all right? You look miserable. Is that a reflection of the season? Well, you've just talked about the season, so it's made me immediately miserable. Yeah. Connor, you all right? I'm feeling good? You feel, are you happy to yeah. put a, you know, to do the lid, chuck the bottle in the bin? It's a new analogy. Yes. I've just, just made it up. Yeah, certainly. We'll put this one to bed and move on as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, maybe not that quick. We're going no, to talk about no, we it. We need to do a podcast first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As we talked about last pod, this is the final say on Oxford United with Turkmana Podcast. Here we are. Um, I did feel that the Aki game was a fitting way to end the season, but we'll um, we'll get on to that. But it was a nice reminder, wasn't it? Of <laughs> I felt I was getting slightly giddy announcing getting aboard what's it HMS Champions Championship for for next year, but now more reflective again on the season yeah but. it brought us it brought us back down to earth didn't it <laughs> after the two wins yeah very uh, very typical of Oxford United um so we'll go through some news it's been a while since we've done a pod uh we'll we'll look at well we'll summarize just the last few games as we kind of finished up the season including the the double header of clean sheets and wins Jack you had some good stats didn't you about Last time we got three clean sheets in a row, I think it was when Nelson Mandela was around doing speech. <laughs> I should have said dinosaurs or something. A better, a better historical reference. Where did that come from? <sighs> I'm really tired, lads. I've been had a long day at work. You might have to. Everyone listening is going to have to get used. So to would this. it help if we did some heavy lifting by talking? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but we can leave yeah. you just as hang yourself. But... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Nelson oh, Mandela. Come on, come on, James. Re- come on, James. Regain your composure. He's gone all red. What, what period of time would that have been, then, James? Uh, <laughs> I have the power to edit this out, but I'm not gonna. It's just it needs to stay. Jack, I asked you a question about clean sheets. Yeah, was it? you completely threw it. I've ruined it all. Um, yeah, if, if if we'd have kept a clean sheet against Aki, it would have been the first time we'd kept three in a row since the 1920 season in that run where we beat Lincoln 6-0. That amongst was it. Other My games. brain thought you said the 1920. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> You know that classic 1920 21 season. I was like, I don't remember that. Should I know that scene? Like, uh, um, you weren't the only one, John. Start. Uh, um, all right. Yeah, we'll talk about. I mean, t- <laughs> we haven't had like a terrible season for like, to be fair, quite a long time. Like, if you think about it, it's probably what. Even yeah. not even the first or second KR seasons where we like flirted a little bit were that terrifying. Admitted until after that Warsaw game, so it's probably like early twenty early twenty tens before we had a seriously well bad season. So yeah, true. Um, we'll go through a few stats and then we'll start talking about the squad for next season, running through who we've got left, what the contract situation is, and what we're we thinking. And then we'll have a bit of a section about our. We'll go back and reflect on our preseason predictions, um, and then spoiler alert. 
they're not good. Yeah, it's not it's not good reading. <laughs> and then our own kind of awards for the team in terms of player of the season, flop of the season, most improved player, unsung hero, signing of the season, all that good stuff. Slim pickings. Um, on to news. So the retain list came out. Were people surprised to see Matty Taylor depart after knowing he had a coffee with Manning at some point? John, what do you reckon? Um, a little bit. I wasn't. I was this. I was sad, and it, it feels like another one of these times where we've let a player go without being able to properly say goodbye. But if he said to me like he could have been like third choice striker on a cheaper deal for like a year or even a bit, I'd have gone. Simon, sign him up. That's yeah. the reality he's probably not going to accept. Doesn't work for us either. So I wasn't sort of, I was sad, but I wasn't like, that's a footballing mistake. Because um, there's yeah. also something about refreshing the squad as well. So if we could have him as a sort of part of a mix of three or four strikers, great. But I don't think he would have accepted that. He's, just, he's 33. So yeah. I think one. that's well summed up. Anyone have anything else to add? No, totally agree with what John said. I just think it's a shame we couldn't really say goodbye to him. But yeah, that's football. I agree. It? He did do that handshake though for Bristol Rovers, so it helps to soften the blow. I'll never forget that. Um, what about so Anderson's gone? That's a shame. He was a cult hero for at least six minutes. Tears, um, tears for Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jody, Jody Jones, Jack. He, we were watching the Notts County game, weren't we? Sad. Um, well, not sad. I guess it's it's a bit of a surprise that he never cut it, given how um, much support the commentary fans had for him. But then he, what he took, scored a extra time goal, didn't he, to get Notts County into that playoff final, which was pivotal for them. And he had an assist just before it. But did he get many minutes there? Was he playing a lot of games? Yeah, he's played quite a lot for them and got reasonably good reviews, I think. Um, I think in terms of his Oxford, I'm going to say career, but that seems a bit grand for how often he actually featured. I think he's another one who goes on the list of did KR fall out with them type people, Sykes, Adji also being on that list. Um, Mm. Because obviously we had him on trial, gave him a one plus one deal and then barely saw him kick a ball. So some something clearly went on. Um, but it probably works out for everyone that he got out to play regular football. You'd assume he goes and signs for them again next season in League Two. Um, and, you know, we probably don't lose out really because I think the Manning style is a little bit different to Robinson's anyway. So do we want yet another winger that may blow hot and cold? So works for him to get game time and it's a wage off our books really. Yeah. He is unlikely to turn up in League One next season, fundamentally, isn't he? Agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, Slavi Spazov didn't get a new deal, which at one point that that would have been a bit more of a surprise, I think, because he looked like he was a really good prospect. Um, uh, ben Davis is the Thai guy that was <laughs> helping to build our kind of social profile in um, uh, East Asia, but guess that didn't work out. Connor, you upset about that? Yeah, I'm devastated, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never knew much about that Sade guy. Wow, Again, Jack, Jack will tell you about Jack him. does talk about him quite a lot. For four years, no appearances. Um, didn't even play for the kind of 
reserves slash under 21s for two seasons. Had five loans that we only announced one of them. Uh, and allegedly, with strong underlining under the allegedly, uh, he wasn't at the club for footballing reasons anyway. Um, mm, what's he have for breakfast? Uh, <laughs> hash browns. <laughs> Just knows all the stuff, does Jack. What do you mean, allegedly? I want to know, the f- listeners need to know the goss. Can you yeah, what, can you talk what was around he doing, it? Then? There, there has dance. been... Like, <laughs> There have been strong hints that his family are quite well off and it was good for us for him to be around the club. The fact that our ex-manager has now gone and he has now gone may suggest other links. I mean, it's a weird weird revenue stream at the best of times. But they're definitely the most interesting of the three that got released. Right. Um, James Golding signed a new deal. Guys, seemed like a good prospect. Yep. Happy with that? Very good. Yeah, I think that's it's, a really good one. It's nice to see another young, <clears throat> young talent like like him coming through now. I think, and I think Manning will will probably work quite well with him. Um, Is he a set, I think centre you know, back or follow, yeah, wing back? Isn't he? He's got all the make of like being a centre back. Though, like I remember in the games he played as a right back, it didn't. <laughs> that game show. What was that? <laughs> back to the we back to the days of the catchphrase theme. I was, that was definitely Jack. Look at him. <laughs> duh, duh. I'm, Jack, I've never heard that noise before. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Could you, if you could? Um... Oh, sorry, actually, it's you. I've said just texted me. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be on the back of the Oxford Mail, isn't it? Who knows, Captain Ox. Go on, stated. John. Carry on. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought Golding, I didn't quite think he, when he played, he was that groundbreaking as more of a right back. But it was interesting that clearly Manning's looked at him, because it was fairly early on in Manning's time when he signed a new deal, which you've got to take as a good indicator, because he's not just going to give a deal just because of coaching staff is already there, has suggested it, so... Yeah. I think the the other good thing about the Golden Deal is it's described long term, so you assume it's at least another two years, which means for the coming season he's got the opportunity to go out, go out on loan again to higher level. And with Oxford City going up, that could be a natural kind of step up for for him. Now they're a six month loan, go and play twenty games at conference level, and then it's kind of another another step in the right direction for him to then look to push on for our mm. first team. Yeah, good segue into Oxford City. Um, amazing result for them, didn't they? They were four 0 up at half time, weren't they? And if you saw their squad, didn't they? Their Potter started. Their Josh Ashby scored, didn't he? Um, yeah. Who's the guy that we had on loan that was scored their fourth? Was it their fourth? Josh Parker. Josh Parker. That's it. I don't yeah. think he scored for us, did he? No, I don't, I don't think he did. No, he. Um, um, but Zach, Zach McEachern got on the score sheet as well. That's it. Um, and um, and Flint, who else was in the Flint. side? Canis Carroll. Canis Carroll, that was yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But fair play to them. It's amazing, isn't it's it? Fan- and they, had th- it, it? They had over 3,000 people at that game as well. Yeah, it's it's an unbelievable story, to be honest with you. I think, I think they've done extremely well. They have such a tiny budget. They can't be working off much at that level. And to be able to gain promotion through the playoffs well, is, like. is... Yeah, exactly. It, 
I mean, I've played for Oxford City and I've got nothing, nothing, only good things to say about the club. And I think they've done so well to get get to the next level. And I'm I'm really happy for them. I think it's fantastic. I mean, Sophie, my partner, she went to the game and she said it was, you know, it was a really good atmosphere. And, oh, nice. you know, it, it, you could see how much it meant to the players um, after the final whistle. But they, they ran away with it. So, you know, fair play to them. Um, and hopefully next season they can, you know, remain remain in the division because I think that'll be a tough be a tough ask um, given some of the clubs around them that have got you know far more resources you think you know Wrexham and obviously um, Notts County have just gone up but some of the clubs that have come down as well I mean there's some some big yeah. teams in that league still you know York are in there for a start so you I was going to say yeah I'll, go to, I'll go to that yeah I do like that point I mean obviously they've got to accept what players we offer them but of them being not a feeder club's not right, but like say, parent you know, club. To send players down to the to the conference. Yeah. That's that really is the sort of level we want our youngsters to be getting experience at. Yeah, I For think sure. Jack made a good point there. Yeah. Um, what else do we need to call out? Stadium stuff. We'll get on stadium stuff in a second. Actually, um, the women's team just nipped. Well, just missed out on um, promotion on the final day. They needed a win, didn't they? To to stand a chance, it, there was a playoff game if they finished top, even right, which seemed a bit harsh. Do you play a playoff against the team in the league above to do a swap? Yeah, it feels like such a cop out if you just finish bottom of that league by miles, then have to play and still have a chance One of game. staying in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like Americanized way of yeah. Let's make everything um, drag it out. So they ended up coming third. And um, next season, they're changing that up a bit. So you get a divisional winner promoted and a playoff spot added in, which is the type of stuff they've been been talking about around the conference, right? Um, Just to mix that up and actually make a call on it. I mean, every every single person you speak to seems to be saying that. Um, But yeah, well done to the women's team on a really good season. It's a a shame they didn't quite make it. Um, But I'm sure they'll have a good good time out again next year. <laughs> New font. <laughs> Who wants to pick this one? <laughs> Jack, you seem to be getting very excited. Was it not Jack? I swear you were doing like a taking a picture of every other thing that was posted by the club and being like, right, it's a font size 16 in italics, and I'm not sure what's happening with the black backdrop. No, I think I just posted a picture and various other people went, what the hell is that font? Why is it black? Why is it <laughs> pale yellow, etc.? However, and it, with the season ticket launch, all has been revealed on the kind of catchphrase of what is your why? And actually, I think the club deserved credit for the video. It was really well put together. Good use of um, kind of fan videos and obviously using three players that have come through the Youth Academy as well to kind of have that resonation with the fans. So the new marketing bloke, as much as you know, there were questions about what the hell is this kind of colour palette they've gone for has clearly had some impact because it's been a good piece of marketing. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's worked for me because I've just brought my f- season ticket. So my first my first one in seven years. Now I'm finally back settled in Oxford. I can actually go to games regularly. So uh, I've just and where and where are you going to be spent the money? I am sitting behind the away dugout. So. I am going to be hailing abuse at Steve Evans in particular. Because <laughs> I'm not finishing many games in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get a banning order and we'll then lose my job as a result. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, we're sat, we're, we're sat behind the away dugout, so I'm still in the South Stand. Um, wasn't really my first choice, but to sit with the people I want to sit with, that's just 
you know, is what it is. It's it's a better it's a it's not a bad view from there anyway. So it's it's all right. Look at the well. The season ticket offer the eighteen to twenty four category is is quite cool. It's a slight reduction for early purchases if I've understood the various things. Yeah, so right. The decision ticket has gone up though. Has gone up quite a lot, which I think is okay. I think it's raised a few eyebrows. Um given the reasons as you know, off the back of the season that we've just had, plus the facilities haven't changed, it's it's still quite a lot of money for, for what it is. People will poke holes in it. I think it works out to be nineteen pound for an adult, it works out to be nineteen pound ninety a game or something like that. So it's not a humongous reduction. Um, but I want I wonder whether or not there'll be there'll be um ticket price raises across across the board, which remains to be seen obviously. Well we haven't spoken about the um the new T V deal yet either, have we? That's come in. No, which sounded interesting. Didn't they say like every club will have five fixtures televised a, a season and then on a given I forget the specifics now, but I think it was like on a given weekend, won't there be like twenty games shown or something like that across the EFL? It's going to make no, that's not an absolute not for this season, is of planning your fixtures. In- if every club's being on five times at our level, there's no point highlighting a decent away game if it could get moved to be streamed at it's Sunday midday yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, so in principle, that's not the. Born Jack, Paul. Sorry. In, in principle, it's a good thing. Increased TV revenue, exposure, etc. However, as with a lot of TV deals, the fans the fans who look to go to games generally lose out because they end up at ridiculous times of day, you know, spread across Friday to Monday, etc., etc. So, yeah, yeah, the kind of armchair fans win, and I'm not convinced there's that many kind of non-football attending supporters who will be buzzing at the fact they can watch. Stevenage versus Blackpool on a Friday night kind of thing. So, yeah. I, you know. And a, it doesn't and come a, into effect this year, though, does it? This next year, isn't it? As in, isn't it 2024-25 season, isn't it? I'm sure it is. I don't know. I'm sure it's not this year. I'm sure it's not this year. Have a look. I might be wrong. In the background. Um, yeah, 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 I will. Carry on. I will it's just sort of, it is starting to dwindle towards the getting rid of the 3pm blackout as well, which I'm still not in favour of yet. There's got to be some things you can do around the edges like allowing people who clearly aren't going to be able to attend the games to legitimately watch them um, more easily but it's just kind of yeah, it's, it's sort of, the, the extra cash for the EFL is definitely welcome but um, yeah, no, I know what you mean 24-25 Connor, you're saying yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. okay um, on the onto the stadium, so there was a poll, Kidlington poll, um, that was done. So three thousand ballot papers uh, received, and it was about a third that voted yes, um, and then about thirty percent of eligible residents actually voted, which is less than the average turnout in the area for district council elections um, in May, earlier in May. Um, I don't think we need to worry too much about that. Um, I mean, any from, form- from we don't need to worry about it at all from a, like a technical or a binding perspective. Um, obviously, it's just it, it's annoying because those who oppose the stadium will just charge around waving it around. Um, yeah, I think and it was written up quite badly. I think by by some 
because it was it's a smaller sample of, of things. Um, on the other side of the court, we'll all be charging around going, well, actually, that means that 80% of the 14,000 people that live in Kidlington either aren't bothered or are for it. Not quite those numbers, but there or thereabouts. So it doesn't help anything. It's just going to stodge a few things up. But ultimately, it's not their jurisdiction. They've got nothing to do with the planning part of it. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it, it's just flawed because people should look at things once they've seen the plans. Like I get why the tactic of trying to do it before, so you've got this thing that you can wave around, but the turnout is lower than local elections, and local elections are really badly voted in. <laughs> like turnover is yeah. is important to to valid to give validation to these things. Yeah. Did, did think, you? Sorry, the thing is with this kind of thing as well, people who are of an opposing factor generally will yeah. rally themselves more than people exactly. who are kind of a yes or a not particularly it. fussed yeah. kind of thing. Um, especially like John just said, pre-actual proper plans and detail. Like if you're not particularly bothered, you're not going to turn out for a non-binding um, kind of local poll. So yeah, I think like John said, the people who want to wave it around is a look, we don't want it here kind of noise. We'll do that regardless of what the numbers were. I think the bigger thing now is for the clubs to get the detailed plans on the table and start to buy in those people who didn't turn out um, yeah, and to swing it back in our kind of favour locally. And on that, about sorry, James, there was a snippet about they were, the club were already talking about putting a planning application in, sort of summer springtime, which kind of suggests that the leasing part, which is yet to be technically agreed, or leasing or purchase bit, they don't see as a big problem. Which I guess we didn't think that, think that either. But the fact they're talking about planning before that bit's been done. Is an interesting little indicator. Alongside all of all of that going on, just before that poll was happening, the club released some updated docs, with, which included a well, it, it referenced the capacity for the new stadium being sixteen thousand, whereas before it was eighteen, wasn't it? Eighteen and a half or eighteen. So a slight reduction there, which a few people seem to have a meltdown over. I'm definitely not bothered assuming that there's going to be room for expansion if if we ever needed it you wouldn't you know surely at this point in time you'd be focusing on that i think that's a good pitch sixteen thousand anyway to be honest with you given current current ongoings at the club and, and history of attendances i think it's probably a sweet spot to be honest with you my only last thought though is to end up with mk don's stadium you know you're asking you want as a big stadium yeah yeah, yeah. but when, worse just, when we what would the castle have been if we'd done the fourth stand like, it was always planned to be 15. 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess what you can you can say is with championship away attendances for 80% of those, you're going to probably sell out a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason why I was thinking technically you could go slightly bigger, assuming that's the club as, club's aspiration is to be there, but you're still talking what, um, if you stick stuck with eighteen thousand, at least like fourteen thousand home fans, we're miles off that, right? So yeah, I mean, what what's the sellout you. at the Kassam at the minute? Is it ten and a half thousand? Ten and a half. Yeah, eighteen hundred them being away fans, so you can get what just yeah. under nine thousand home fans in. So sixteen thousand, yeah. even with three thousand going to the away fans, that's an increase of four thousand Oxford fans consistently, yeah. which feels quite optimistic. Like Connor said, given current kind of. You assume that they can have, they do it in a way where you could expand up. 
Exactly. Probably, you're probably not going to be able to build wider or bigger. Given... You'd have to do. You would definitely have to build it with that in mind. I, I keep going back to like the Brighton example. They used to get attendances. They were like seven and a half thousand, didn't they, at their prior stadium? Mm. So I don't know how they've gone from that to whatever to thirty thousand ish now. Slightly different context. Bournemouth never bothered going beyond what they've got, but don't have the facilities. Yeah, but then they had work. an older state. Yeah, they had an older stadium. I mean, you look at St Mary's. That's that's one example of a relatively quote unquote modern stadium. Well, it's not that modern, but that's been built with. Um, it is modern. It's very modern. Above. Yeah, it's been it's 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 able it's it's been built with the capacity to expand it upwards. Like you said, you can. I remember going around a tour around St Mary's. And, and talking to the people that work there, they were saying that it, it has been built in a fashion that it can actually have parts of the roof removed and then built upon. So that is a model that perhaps might be adopted. Yeah, but yeah, be interesting to see actually when when I say I want to say when, not if, when we see some more concrete plans. Well, did you see the so the document that was shared um, had uh, like a number based key that showed how the site would be managed so they the stadium is kind of running parallel to one of the roads but like at an angle if you're looking at the bit closer to the roundabout was kind of green green space with community access but the the most interesting bit for me was the fact that the stadium building itself would have to house any of the kind of hotel gym community or business mm-hmm. facilities and then if we have this dream of the kind of home home away day type thing so it's not like a, a bowlplex rush pre-kickoff uh, in the day since the Priory wasn't there at the Kassam. Then that outdoor community plaza, you just got to hope that is spacious. Um, but I suppose we'll get into the weeds of that type of um, stuff um, as the as the, the site stuff progresses. But it still look it looks like the site is going to serve a, a purpose, and there still looks they they've done a decent design to at least demonstrate how you can still get quite a lot in and around the stadium. Um, so still feeling really positive about it all did you see the ai generated images i was very proud of those although it just kind of painted what looked like a russian club's logo all over i was like please i was telling it i was like please just put oxford and it was just kept on rejecting it it either looks like some kind of turkish um it's a little, little hint it's not as menacing looking as a little hint of San Siro about uh about these images. Yeah. But anyway, um have you seen the everyone who's, listen- a- everyone who's listening to the podcast? Yeah, everyone who's listening to the podcast right now is like, what are they on about? Well, we'll post the pictures, obviously. Yeah, well, we can <laughs> share. Yeah. I thought I posted this them on like- the Tip Manor account. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Um anyway, right. Football stuff. So as we kind of said right at the beginning, the season obviously concluded with that. Um, game at home to Accrington, which obviously started really well and then just fell away and was quite a nice summary of um, how the whole campaign's gone, in a sense. But um, let's go to the good times. We obviously had the the draw with um, uh, Pompey, lost to Barnsley. The Barnsley game was a tough, tough watch. They just kind of bossed us, didn't they? Um, And then we obviously had the 4-0 win against Cheltenham. That was just relief, wasn't it, John? That four nil game, it felt it, it was a feeling I hadn't had for so long and wasn't expecting to have uh, before the end of this campaign. So, I think we knew we needed to win, and a lot of us just didn't believe that we were going to be able to cut it in those final three games. 
wasn't expecting to have that feeling after pretty much 45 minutes of that game of thinking actually we've kind of got this like Cheltenham was so on the beach it was untrue really um, I think what I like about all of this is that we all went to that Barnsley game we're utterly miserable on the afterwards because the performance was shell-shockingly bad and then it's Barnsley <laughs> Forest Green who kept us who kept us up and kind of with their sort of with their equaliser goal that kept us in the league, or well, wouldn't it ultimately kept us? Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Just, like, found that amazing. But yeah, I mean, it, the Cheltenham game sort of glossed over that they just didn't turn up at all, and we did what we needed to do, and looked a lot more clinical, definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, that's how I would have described it, John. I mean, I went to the I went to the Oxford Cheltenham game, and we were for the first time in a long time just ruthless in front of goal took our chances I mean we scored some good goals as well uh, Marcus Brown in particular um, was it Marcus I Brown's think that Brown sec- goal, was it his though. second goal the second one I think when he nutmegged the nutmeg, yeah. nutmegged the centre back and slotted it home so I just think wait, some of those do for a long mid- time. the midfielders and that defender like were kind of a bit more on it he doesn't quite bundle through them and yeah but johnny did so it doesn't matter does it yeah well, look, <laughs> we haven't we have, look, mate, we haven't had we haven't had many positives to talk about this season don't hammer yeah. him now <laughs> well you know it was a great Fine. game i was i was so happy to be there and actually witness it because i remember james i think i was talking to you at, at some point and you know you were saying that i was tempted not to go and i remember you saying you know you want to be there when it actually does finally kick in we do yeah, yeah when it does turn and and you kind of like you know spurred me on to go and I did go and obviously you know it did turn that game and it was it was good everyone felt so relieved in the stadium I think it was just a massive weight off people's shoulders and then obviously we went away and done the business um at Forest Green as well which was which was also a, a not a bad performance I think you know Carl Joseph settled the nerves very early doors but it wasn't a particularly great First half in the end, yeah. And obviously, bit, but, Tyler Goodrum but, comes out with. It was Joseph and Goodrum as a as a yeah. collective, wasn't it? Because Joseph settled yeah. the nerves in that in the second half at Cheltenham. You were at Cheltenham as well, weren't you, Jack? Yeah. Or dreaming? No, you were there. No, right? uh, yeah, I was there, and it was just amazing to see the confidence ooze back into players, and they, you know, it's like it's like someone to press a switch. The kind of classic cliche, but. The What's Joseph's goal. goal like? Remind me on against Cheltenham. Joseph was where Murphy charged down yeah. uh, Cheltenham yeah. clearance and then squared it. Oh uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Redemption for Murphy, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Nathan. Yeah. yeah, I think I think <laughs> ultimately everyone had kind of penciled six points minimum out of the last three games, hadn't they? And the fact we got them in the first two games of the three was well, ultimately enough to make us safe. Um, mainly thanks to all the results, I think, in the end. But it was just nice to have a couple of positive weeks, seven goals, two clean sheets, um, strikers scoring, Bowden getting on the score sheet, a young player getting on the score sheet, Brown showing that if he's got confidence and is on it, he can still produce, you know, big game-changing moments. So, you know, the the job was done post-Forest Green, and I think, Thankfully, we didn't need to take it to that last day because I think that would have been a hellish experience for everyone. Absolutely. And um, Joseph, well, actually, Goodrum first. 
Connor, do you think he had that in his locker early? I know he obviously won us a game at home to Cambridge, but even then I was I was challenging whether or not he should be that close to the starting eleven. but he's really um, upped his game. He just looks like he's ready to be playing at this level. Yeah, I think so. I think also this, this in a weird way, I think actually the position that we found ourselves in, um, particularly towards the back end of the season, has actually helped him because I think he's he's... He cares about the football club. You know he does. He's come through the youth academy, and I know that doesn't necessarily mean he cares, but you can sh- you can see it oozes out of him, and you know that he he really wanted to prove prove his point, particularly when Manning came in and obviously didn't start him, and he didn't even yeah. go off the bench for a couple of games, and and, and you could see how you know Wildshut wasn't sorry Wildshite, um wasn't um, mm. performing <laughs> ooh, wasn't performing very well. Um, you know, he hadn't stamped his authority um, when Manning came in and then ultimately neither did Murphy at the beginning um, of, of um, Manning's tenure. And then, you know, Goodrum showed his, showed what he's all about. And he's, he scored, you know, scored two goals in those, in those last couple of games that were pivotal, but particularly the one against Forest Green. I mean, that was, uh, was an absolute pearler, wasn't oh, it? Oh I mean, my God. The, that was unbelievable, the, the an- wasn't the it? The angle, even, even the angle on I follow from that, you know, when he just it just the ball just whips in the top in the top corner. And it was it was really good for him just to see him, you know, he looked so happy when that went in the top bins. And obviously at the award ceremony as yeah, yeah, as well. So but later on when he he was awarded goal of the season and I I think it was one of the presenters asked him if he'd kept like how many times he's watched it and he just like in his little squeaky voice bless him, he was like, I haven't stopped watching it <laughs> and it's quite you know, it's quite it's it's great. I think he I think he is ready. I think he's ready to step up for next season. And I think he'll be a, I, you know, I, I, whether he'll be a regular starter, I don't know, but I, I know that he'll be pushing for his place still. Yeah. If nothing else. I thought all the goals against Forest Green, I loved Joseph's goal. Wasn't it, was it McGuane that channeled his Iniesta? Down pass, yeah. yeah to put, play pass, him in, but it? then he, Joseph like muscled off the defender and then right foot finish was great. And I mean, then Bowden's goal was great as well, wasn't it? That that Joseph goal at Forest Green was a proper striker's finish. Like yeah. it was just a player who had confidence from notching the week before. I think he mentioned that um Chris Hogg had been working with him about, you know, just hitting the ball and not thinking about it too much and yeah. kick it in there. Oh it, it, you just you know, it feels like he's one of those players who's whatever his next move is in his career he's going to have really benefited from the loan with us. And that's the kind of, if it's not coming back to us, that's the kind of sad thing with loans that often that season-long loan benefits It'll someone else other than you going forward. But that's not a reason to not have them because when they contribute to your side, you, you do kind of reap the rewards as well. I think he's only scored that type of finish two or three times this season as well. And that's probably one of my sort of negatives against him. Um Fleetwood away, he had a good one, didn't he? Was it Fleetwood? Yeah, yeah we cut in from the right. Yeah, just yeah he was sort of played down the side and he just hit it. It was then there was a different one. That I'm Pompey, thinking. Pompey away was the one. That was a ridiculous goal. Yeah, he's yeah, he's done. Uh, I, I know what you mean. It, do you know what frustrates me is if he rocks up at like a derby next season in the same league because that's when it starts. That's you kind of help them out, get them to a good place. It works. It's a mutual thing. And then they rock up in the same league playing against you. So I'm hoping that's not what happens with Joseph. But he seems to have that work ethic and that high press that you imagine Manning would be interested in. So we'll be in, it will be. I'll be curious to see if he's if yeah. we show interest in him. 
I hope he's on our radar. I hope so. Would you I all take him I'm, back? I would. Yeah, I would definitely. I can't. I can't see him going and featuring regularly for Swansea, and they're not going to loan him out to someone in the same league. Who wouldn't have thought? So the only thing, perhaps they consider deeming as a next step for him would be a potentially title winning League One side, or perhaps a random loan move to Europe that seems to happen to a few younger players now. But yeah, I, I can't see why we wouldn't at least ask the question about getting him back. Yeah, I'm not sure though. He would be. We would have to pay a decent fee for him, and given we're going to have to probably this is jumping ahead a bit, probably have to do a bit of spend a bit of cash to solve a few mistakes. They spend six hundred grand on him. I think it was. Yeah, Swansea. I'm just not sure whether we could justify him as effectively being the marquee signing when he is. He is. He is a good player, and he's like you say, he could definitely take mm. and build on this, but. My frustration got, is he has two or three chances a game where he should at least get them either on target or in and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, was, I don't um, think I would. Yeah. I was talking to a Wigan fan earlier in this week and he said when he was at Wigan and he scored a hat-trick for Wigan on his debut um, that he he views Carl Joseph as like the one that got away a little bit from Wigan where he thinks that, you know... If he would have stayed at Wigan instead of going to Swansea, that he thinks that you know he, he probably would have made a career for himself at Wigan. But um, there were a couple of inside things that led to that move. He was telling me about because he knows he knows Carl Joseph's dad. So there was a little bit of kind of inside knowledge scoop as the reason why he went to Swansea. But um, I th- I think he he's certainly a player that I think will th- will eventually I think f- f- flourish at kind of Championship level. Whether or not he goes beyond that is a different story, but I think for next season, I imagine he probably will end up back in League One. And like I say, yeah, I'd rather it be with so. us than anywhere else. Yeah, That's the way yeah I see just it. looking, he's got he's got two years left on his Swansea contract, so you'd imagine they might try another loan. And if he's not ready for them this time next year, then they probably try and cash in. Yeah. I'd be surprised if I think John's right. I think they'd only sell for a, a daft fee. That I don't know. I agree. I wouldn't want us paying. Anything like five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand for him at this point. I'd rather that kind of money was put into other glaring gaps that I'm sure we're about to talk about. Yeah. Just to finish up on the football side, though, that the first half against Accrington, obviously Bowden scored early on. Um, we absolutely bat- battered them, didn't we? And then um, at half time, it was unbelievable that we weren't three or four up type thing. So that was still positive. And it looked like we were going to be in place for the magical three clean sheets. First time since Nelson. Ma- yeah. Um, yeah. But it, as we said, a fitting end to the season um, and helps people to kind of reflect a bit more on what's actually gone on. <laughs> I could just looking at how League One's finished up. Didn't realize Plymouth got 101 points. That is unbelievable, isn't it? And then rocking, finishing the season with just. Endless wins and keeping Ipswich Bay, up, you know, aside to win the league. Um, did anyone enjoy the Wednesday Peterborough first leg? Yeah, I, I mean, for us, it. it's good it keeping was... Wednesday in the league, isn't it? But is, can you imagine? Is it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm I... not convinced. I'm not convinced it is, but it, I imagine you don't live I'm in Yorkshire. <laughs> wow, well, that's sorry, James. That's very true. Sorry, I did. I forgot about that. That's true, but. Yeah, I mean, Pete, Peterborough, 
do you know what? actually in the first 25 minutes half an hour i didn't actually think peterborough looked that good but well they were great against us it, really no yeah. they weren't and i think i think i think wednesday just absolutely fell apart they had, they had no answers to to them at all they they didn't look great so you know they've got a hell of a hell of a game to try and turn it around they, they never looked great against us though in the games we, when we mm. played them either did they that's that's why especially at hillsborough know, god yeah, a lot, of, a lot of their fans are calling for Darren Moore's head, but then you think that's quite harsh when you think they missed out on the, you know, on all my promotion by like three points. And it's oh. like, you know, what, what more could he have really done? But that's nice. That's yeah. like his perspective, isn't it? I, I don't. There's something about Darren Moore with his the way he talks that I just really struggle with. But when they um, there's that clip that's just going around when someone offers him, would you take second place yeah. now? And he was like, no. no. No, <laughs> and it hasn't—it's gone, hasn't landed very well. It's just on rinse and repeat, everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. How was Barnsley? Bolton was it nil-nil or something or one-all? Yeah, one all, yeah, no, one-all, yeah, yeah, not great. Bar- Barnsley were probably the better side, really. They're very good going forward. I think Nicky Cadden's definitely one who got away for us. He um, got the goal, yeah. didn't he? Actually. Yeah, yeah, he had a really good battle against Bolton's uh, right back, and I think that second leg will be really, really entertaining because I think Barnsley at home will really step it up another level. But I think Bolton will go to frustrate a little bit, so it could get, a, yeah. get quite tasty in the midfield, especially. Um, and then obviously on the last day of the season, I mean John mentioned it earlier, but it was crazy wasn't it at the four you know mk being 4-1 up against um it all started really well didn't it first like yeah. first half like early on first half especially all the goals were going in the right direction and we were like this is great we're gonna get this sewn up today and then it all went south and then it came back and um Barnsley did us an absolute solid um i was surprised to see poor Vale fans on there um <laughs> the Barnsley third being like thank you so much and i was like you're all fine I I don't know. Maybe they would have been dragged in, in if all results went terribly. But mm, they could um, have been with their goal difference being really poor. But yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, they were they were safer than us. So you know, not what they were moaning about. But yeah, yeah, that obviously that was the second to last game of the season. That Barnsley four four draw against MK. I mean that that was a. I mean, I celebrated that Barnsley goal <laughs> probably more than I have for many yeah. Oxford goals this season, to be fair. It was very good. Some some of us were watching on the stream. Jack, was I with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had the, just we just kept on seeing the goals broken. Ro- and every time there was a, a goal scored, there was just this horrible sound effect that sounded like Championship Manager 96. It just went, ah! you know, like when the fans are screaming. And you just, I didn't know which way it was going every time. It was horrible, but... That was a great moment. It was a great moment. And um, we've really got away with that, haven't we? And Manning, to be fair to him, has done a a really good job. And when you think about all the draws that um, preceded, you know, the win, those two wins, they were, ended up being vital, didn't they? And that's the thing. At the time, it didn't necessarily feel like it. But, you know, those that run of draws, um, was it four draws? It was four in a row, wasn't it? It was Morecambe, Peterborough. Wednesday and then obviously that horrible Port game Tough. at Port Vale and then Pompey as well so five yeah. draws a couple yeah. of wins and I think when you when you look at the games from when Carl Robinson left 
I mean, we lost away at Lincoln. I can't remember much about that game. I don't think we were kind of outplayed. I didn't Gatlin miss a golden chance in the last minute. Yeah, header, yeah, Derby at home probably didn't deserve to lose. The games we drew, Morecambe, we probably should have won. Um, Peterborough was a bit of a non-event. Bolton, we should have won. Yeah, and we so lost that. Yeah, actually, those final what twelve games of the season was it after Robinson left? There was a clear, it, it, you know, a lot of the times a new manager bounce, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but there was a clear difference in the playing squad um, and their kind of ability to show something different. So I think the board, as much as I think all of us think he should have gone before the Bristol Rovers game, and in my case, definitely I'd have got rid of him after the summer transfer window. But it was the right decision, and if it had happened earlier, we'd have been safe a lot earlier, I, I think. But you know. At the end yeah. of the day, they, they rolled the dice, it worked, and we can forget about this season. It's put an amber warning against the board, for sure, though, it feels like. Oh, yeah. they not covered themselves in glory, really, across the piece. What is the new the setup with... Did Manning have a director of football at MK? He did, didn't he? Yeah. He um, had yeah. Yeah, a sporting director, which I think is slightly different... Who's based their sporting director's basically their equivalent of head of recruitment. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the summer. I have heard mutterings if we're gonna do our business early coming out. Imagine if imagine if Liam Manning comes out and says we'll do it early and actually does do it early. Do you know what always gets me that with that? Is when box. we go when we you, go on pre season tours without any of the signings. I'm always just like, what What are you doing? But the, I know yeah, but also that, that, is caused, that is caused by the transfer window being so long though, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, because exactly. And also have, clubs don't have to let players go for money until they're kind of desperate for it. It, it just creates yeah. this odd recruitment style that you, you can sit and wait for six weeks for the right players to come up kind of thing. Mm. Or you but just pay it's, it's, to, for the pleasure you know for for the fact that you are trying to get your business done early and you accept it i don't know yeah i think i think that's where it comes down to is that a lot of the a lot of the moves are reliant on other clubs making moves as well you know it's it this is just one of those it's like a big game of chess so i think um i think that whole idea of getting things done early as a club who isn't going to probably invest millions of pounds into the transfer market is um I just, I just don't. I reckon if you, if I, I know what you mean, and I know that's what happens. But other clubs seem to be able to do stuff with it, and then you just end up in the same position where you're getting your third, fourth choices and probably paying more than you want to, even for them. Um, they've got to do some. They've got to do some of the their business earlier on. Anyway, let's get on to the. um, uh, Do you want to do squad thing? Oh, stat attack. I'm going to jump around a bit here. Jack, have you gone for stat attack? Is this Jack's Ob- stat section? Obviously. What do you mean, obviously? Like, we kind of do his stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> What's actually <XG> 1920. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack, this is the only reason you're on the podcast, because you're the stats oh, man. man. So come on. Um, <laughs> me and Connor yeah, do words. There was, there was, I think that the, the one that really stood out for me was we had the third lowest XG against in the entire league, but conceded the 13th most goals, which basically suggests we let a hell of a lot of goals in that 
statistically would not normally go in. And I think that comes back to the point, probably for the last two or three seasons now, it doesn't seem to matter who's in goal, but we concede a lot of chances and goals from the edge of the box. Now, is yeah. that it's not always poor keeping. Some of it is about our press closing down shots. Some of it's just unlucky because someone sticks one in the top corner and you say, fair enough. But, um, yeah, to be to effectively be 10 pl- places lower on what you, quote, should have conceded against what you did concede is... Yeah, that is slightly nuts. concerning. Yeah, I would say with that as well, it suggests that, and it felt a bit like that, that we're limiting teams to chances, but teams always are clinical and seem to take all their chances against us. As well as the stuff from outside the box, that is always how it kind of felt well, as, and, as a fan to be this fair, season. Even, right, even yeah, in those yeah. games we've lost, <laughs> <laughs> so they, even in those games we've lost, I don't remember teams absolutely ripping us apart, making chance after chance, missing chance after chance. Well, they didn't need to because we just let them score. Well, no, but, that, but, but that, 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 the underlying thing is we weren't actually that bad defensively all season. As a unit, we weren't that bad. The you know, most of the goals we conceded, or a lot of them, were from outside the box. There weren't clear cut chances. We weren't being carved open at every opportunity. I, I, I'm not. I'm not disagree. You're obviously making the point based on numerical data, and I'm about to do it through, kind of, what you recall. But your point around the last twelve games, they felt they were much more defensive, structurally organised. Whereas for most of the rest of the season, I just remember teams. Carving us open, getting down the sides, fullbacks out of position, balls down—you know—all that sort of stuff, which implied that we defensively we weren't in a particularly good space. Um, I don't think, though, until we lost three 0 to Ipswich, we were torn yeah. apart the whole season, honestly. And I remember that being sorry, a- yeah, not torn apart. I mean, just, I guess just sort of on the pitch, just kind of outplayed in that sort of defensive yeah. space. Didn't make it hard for teams to kind of get in and around us. All right, not ripped us apart. Fair enough, but. I can't. I, I know what you mean. I just remember the, uh, driving back. It was Boxing Day when we played Ipswich away, and that was the first time where you were kind of following the game. It was just it sounded like we were just getting absolutely pummeled. But then we were generally competitive for a lot of games before that. I think we were unbeaten um, heading into that game, Ma- mainly draws. But that's weird to think, isn't it? Actually, that, heading into that game, we went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We were eight games unbeaten before playing Ipswich on um, Boxing Day. So it's weird to have had an eight-game unbeaten run in the season where you <laughs> fighting relegation on the penultimate game of the season. Um, Jack, more stats. Come on, let's finish up the stats section. Well, I think what else that, we got? One that's not surprising to any of us is that our attacking crossing was woeful all season. So there's a kind of stat based on effectiveness of crossing, which is based uh, defined as within five seconds of the ball being crossed, do you get a shot or what's deemed a key pass away? And basically, uh, we had 522 crosses this season and only 18% of them resulted in a shot or a key pass. Now, when you look at the amount of minutes our alleged big wingers played, you know, Wildshot and Murphy played half half the season, basically, they were on the pitch. Um it was an area that we weren't, you know, we weren't scoring goals, and they certainly the ones we were scoring weren't coming from out wide. Um, it's really telling, and we commented about this all through the season. It's, I bet aimless. I bet, yeah. bet three hundred of those crosses is from Sam Long. Oh, 
No, some of some of his crosses are good. Some of his crosses are good, but some of them are not. Let's be, let's be honest. Yeah, but also no, the person no. on the end of them, the person on the other end of them, is not particularly great either. Well, half the problem is there weren't. There was never anyone on the end of them because there was numerous times we watched games and you'd go, "Well, who is he going to be crossing to?" Because there's no one there. Kind of thing. So, yeah, it, well, yeah it, but that's that's not a surprise really, given how the season went. Let's let's keep hold of that stat and let's compare it. <laughs> At the end of next season, let's see if we're repeating ourselves. Let's hopefully we won't be. Uh, that just felt so mean. I know. <laughs> I know. I've dug out well, lines sometimes, but no. Just... But it was—it's almost a criticism of our ability to find a way to play because the ball ended up with Sam Long so much, and a half the time his only option was to put in a cross from a position that probably wasn't the best to cross from. So it's not—it's yeah. not knocking him. I mean, his crossing is a bit average. So that, that's not picking him out, but. He can put a ball in every now and again. Yeah, he shouldn't yeah. be the prime crosser in our team. That's the conclusion. True. Okay. Well recovered. The long family can go on. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. And then your opt to start at the bottom is interesting, Jack. For players who played over 900 minutes, Gatlin Odonka had the third highest XG in the league. Yeah. Okay. XG means nothing when the ball doesn't go in the back of the net. Well, no, exactly, but it shows how good the chances yeah. were he missed. Yeah. One yeah. at Lincoln, two in the same game. Was it Barnsley at home? Or Barnsley. There was one. Yeah, so Barnsley away as well. I think he's yeah. a he's a player who, in my opinion, will benefit from a six month loan next season at Oxford City. As, yeah. Well, potentially, yeah, he, he, or yeah. assuming we land other targets to play up front. I'm not. Bit, I don't think the Oxford City thing would be ridiculous for him. I know that is a couple of leagues down, but men's football, he could do a. You know, not um, the guy we always go on about that Tishy Manga guy who scores forty goals for Boreham Wood in the season, but it came flying back up through the leagues at some point. So, I don't know. It depends on whether a League Two side would take him or whether he could be the third choice striker. Might, might I just don't think that's two. good for him being a third choice. No. I think wherever he goes, if he's going to go out on loan, he has to play. You know, he has to go exactly, out and play. Yeah. He can't. He can't. I, I would. I would hate it. I would. I generally would hate it if he stayed at Oxford and he's just number three. You know, he's behind two other maybe experienced players that we might bring in. For example, I wouldn't like that because don't get me wrong. I've been the first one to criticise him this season on the podcast quite openly. However, he is still very young and clearly does have some potential at the level that we, we want him to be at. So he's got to go and play football. He's got to go and earn earn some badges, as it were, to come back in and try oh, and stamp a bit of authority potentially he, in the future. And I'm sure the really club bulk, see, sees that. He bulked up, didn't he? Sure like physically through the season as well. He became more of a presence. Um, Definitely. So he, he'd obviously worked on that. And it was most noticeable when you saw us saw the youth team batter leads in that FA Cup youth game when he just looked like he yeah. was about twice the size of every um, defender on the pitch. Um, but also so you know he's, at, yeah. at Portsmouth, at home against Portsmouth, he had a really good game. Yeah, he looked a bit you know, he looked he, quicker, he, didn't he? He, he he was very good that game. You know, he, he, he was in his runs were a lot more intelligent, I think. I think he you know he held the ball up well. He 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 did all the things a young striker would want to do in that game other than put the ball on the back of the net. And I think, you know, he's going to show glim- you know, glimmers of 
of potential at this level, but he's just not there yet, and he just needs yeah. he needs game time elsewhere. And I, and I like I say, I hope he gets that and doesn't just sit on the bench. Weren't we saying? Didn't Dan Adji get like sixteen, seventeen league goals for Crew this season? Yeah. It was something like that, wasn't it? He's had a pretty yeah. good season, dropping down a level. I don't even know if people would have thought he'd have been doing that. So, um, right, let's go to our. What should we do? Let's do uh, end of season awards, and we'll run around the house. Let's do this relatively quick, fast, so we don't lag too much on it. But people's player of the season. Is there any debate here? I think me and Jack went for Kieran Brown. There's no debate. No debate. No debate. No debate. Flop. Flop of the season. Connor, start with I, you. No, I actually think we should start with you, James. I like yours personally. I mean, I just, just done, listed just done, most of the players. You've just listed. You've listed basically <laughs> the entire fucking team. <laughs> but, uh, for, for me, for me, flop of the season. Initially, initially it was Murphy. However, I think actually after the last few games of the season, it's actually become Wildshut. I wouldn't disagree too much with that. Jack? I think, yeah, likewise, purely on the basis of the money they're being paid and the kind of headline marquee signings they were supposed to be. I think Murphy's shown he's potentially got more there longer term and therefore I'd keep him but get rid of Wildshut. I'd only keep one of them this summer if we can get rid of Definitely. the other. Yeah, yeah 100%. John? I'll put it as Murphy, and I wouldn't remotely disagree. Um, you God, we've got to look to move Wildshot on. Not that Murphy's a, any form of a banker, but we'll do that debate. Wildshot will not be there. That's it. There's no chance he'll no. be sticking around. No. Um, um, most improved. Was there any debate? I I went for um, Goodrum, Tyler Goodrum. Mm-hmm. Yep. So did I. Any builds on that? I mentioned Bergwain just playing oh. regular football was showing glimpses of why he's had the teams he has in the season. Was it this um, season where he was great in the holding role early on? Or was that last? That was this season? Was, yeah, this season. Season. Was it was this season. time he's played like 30 plus games in a season and he's actually, you know, that says a lot. Um, he's played but, nearly 50 or yeah. possibly even over 50 games this season, which, all right, for a 24-year-old isn't a massive whoop. But equally for him, it is because it's the first time he's done this sort of thing. And that, and you know, fine, he's had some spells where he was a bit up and down. And I think that still criticizes the squad management because there should have been someone who could have taken some of the pressure off him. But I think that that early stage of the season where he was in defensive midfield, the times you saw him play a little bit more forward thinking um, is important as well. And I think people underestimate the instructions that players are given. He's the defensive midfielder. Like you will always see him do less risky moves because he's he's the last shield. So yeah, I think Goodrum's Goodrum should have it because you know it's a great story. But I think McGrain's next season again. I think we said this about him. This I say this every year, every season. Next season, McGrain. Next season. Yeah. Is that when he's going to have his attacking season? Next season. If he plays in the right position, yeah. Well, the frustrating we bring in. thing is, the frustrating thing is, he plays a ball like he did against Forest Green, and he's screaming out, "How? Why has he not done that more, more season, more, 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 mm. more, more, more often, more, more." Um, but yeah, I think it does. <laughs> uh, midfield's a very interesting one for recruitment because yeah, do you, you could do anything and everything. I, I honestly think in a season where compared to recent campaigns, we probably haven't got, 
we've probably got a better defensive record than last season. I want to say in terms of clean sheets and goals. Is it? I don't know what it is. Goals conceded actually. I reckon we've done. We've conceded less this year, but I'm not sure. So I'm not sure I should die on that hill. Either way, I think the midfield have got a lot to answer for as well about how we perform this season. Yeah, and that that's the confusing thing with McGuire. Yes, McGuire started the season shit hot in that holding role. Brannigan, it's weird. Brannigan ended up with what 12, 13 league goals and seemed to have one of his worst seasons by comparison. And then. Bate had a really slow start, started to look pretty solid. But even when he was shining, it meant Brannigan was diluted and it never really worked, did it? And that's the thing, that three in midfield, even if it is a three or whatever, that seems to be a massive point for recruitment, doesn't it? I think that's the point, though. It was like three players that couldn't really play together. You shouldn't really have McGuane as a holding midfielder. You need Brannigan to have a role where he's properly pushed up the pitch. And then you need someone else... To be in between, and we didn't have it all season, and we didn't have any more players that could bring into the midfield to do something else. Yeah. Um, unsung hero. Does anyone feel there was anyone unsung? I was, I was yeah. Elliot Moore. Oh. Yeah. So did I. That's exactly. I think. I think, I think he's it, just pretty yeah. solid and consistent, and actually under Manning, I think we discussed this when watching a couple <laughs> of games. He looked confident with ball at feet, whereas. In his earlier Oxford career, you always felt a little bit nervy when he had ball at feet, whereas mm-hmm. he was someone who really did ooze a bit more confidence once the manager got changed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I said to- uh, totally agree. Anderson. Anderson, <laughs> just for just for, I don't disagree with the Elliot Moore stuff. That's a very sensible <laughs> answer. Um, but Javin Anderson for bringing a little bit of hope and fun. During the middle of the season, <laughs> I'll, uh, I always enjoy that that run he did where he went past about six players and nearly scored when we were all so miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Okay, that's, I like that. That's the logic. Most I, fun. Can I just throw in that the, the real unsung hero of the season is the person who built Cam Brannigan's fish pond ahead of his new contract and turning down Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I I actually put Simon Eastwood, which I feel what? it's quite a it's not very dramatic, but I just felt Eastwood actually had quite a good season. I'm there not, wasn't. No, I'm not with you on that one. There was I don't, a lot yeah, of a similar few. edge of the box. He goes past Eastwood. I know they're not yeah. all his fault. Some of those, but I don't. I don't. I like just. That. Yeah, I suppose the. Um, the XG stat is not helping me out. I should have delivered this before. He's had a classic Eastwood close-range shot-stopping <laughs> season. He's brilliant. He can do that to a great standard, but the all-round doing a new keeper, absolutely. Poor Vale away. He had a few performances like that, though, where he absolutely pulled... He, he won us points, Yeah, he, is how it he's, felt. He's, like, he's hard to criticise yeah. in a way, but... Well, there you go. I'm singing a little bit for Simon Eastwood. Um, no, nothing there, Jack. Actually, both Jack aren't, Connor aren't you a keeper as well? There's no yeah, but em- empathy. You're not resonating. No, there is with a that. little. There's, there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of empathy because I think I think at times Simon Eastwood has pulled off some excellent stops um, at quite key moments. I'm trying to think back to one in particular, but I can't. <laughs> despite saying that, but but it was great. It's, it, but it's great. But it's one of the, it's, it's one of them things. That was that like I'm um, sorry. That was like Don Goodman's commentary on <laughs> EFL terrible. games. 
that is the other it? problem with the new EF deal. We're going to have to put up with more Sky <laughs> Sports commentators because of watching it through that. Anyway, yeah, I, I think I think <laughs> it was interesting though. James is you've said Simon Eastwood, and then as we scroll down on our notes, it's like positions that need addressing, and the top one is goalkeeper. So I think it kind of says it all, really. Yeah, I mean it's true, but anyway. Um, signing of the season, I think it's a bit boring. I guess it's Kieran Brown, Joseph, maybe a yeah. little smudge of yeah. Lewis Bate for a couple of games. Um, not for me with Lewis Bate. Not for me. No, but no. Joseph, yes. Joint but Brown. Joseph. Kieran Brown takes that. Yeah, Broseph. Kieran Brown takes the crown. Broseph. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, Jerome mentioned on Radio Oxford and basically confirmed what we'd thought that Kieran Brown wasn't on the radar at all to come back until we sold Luke McNally. I, I heard that. That was George Ellick, sorry, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, one of them on, the, mm, on Radio Yeah, yeah. I heard him say that. Um, so just on the squad for next season, I did kind of a... a so if we're assuming we're saying bye to Jack Stevens, McGinty, has McGinty got a long contract with us? Yeah, yeah. 2025. Both wow. him and Stevens are 2025. Okay. What do, you, what do you think either of them are coming back and in the squad for next season? Or do you think Eastwood? Eastwood's got a three-year deal as well, hasn't he? He's Signed got last a year, year left, yeah. Has he only got a year left now? I yeah. thought that was last summer. I mean, um, I, think, I think Eastwood will stay. I think Stevens will go and McGinty will be loaned. Okay. And a new keeper will therefore come in. If, if, if this is anything to read into... Um, one of my friends, um, his um, his sports masseuse is the same guy who's, who deals with. <laughs> Where are you um, going with this? Is, 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 deals deals with um, with Jack Stevens and Matty Taylor, and he said well, actually he saw Jack Stevens literally last week, and Jack Stevens was no, so not last week, week before that, and Jack Stevens was in his That's training kit still. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? He's, he's wearing his, his training kit. He was, yeah, he's still wearing his oxygen United training kit despite being on yeah, Port Vale. So, didn't we get that read story into that about... what you will? No, no. But remember the Dwight Dean Darley <laughs> story about how he was yeah. in the gym in the Leroy Fur outfit. So, oh yeah, ah uh, yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's just all a load of rubbish. Yeah. For is. me, it's out of my mouth. <laughs> for me, I think the problem with this transfer window that's going to be so difficult is shifting. So you're about to read out some of the names in the buy column. And it's can we actually shift it's some of them onto wage bill? Yeah. Well, have... I think some of them want to, will want to leave. Like Findlay nearly went in January, didn't he? And, yeah, um, F- F- Findlay's good... a really interesting one. I think he's an interesting one because I, I think unless unless there is a, a, a bid from a Scottish side, he won't go. There has to be, for me, it seems like he won't go anywhere but Scotland. And there has to be a decent offer on the table. He has a massive contract. Like he can't be let go for a hundred K. There has to be some financial, you know, Oxford are not going to be willing to, to lose so much money on a player like him because he's not a bad player. Like we have slated in this season. He's had a bit of a dodgy year. I, I still, don't think, I think he's looked better under Manning than any other part of the season. He, he's so definitely I good as your as third. Outgoing. I think as you're like third and fourth centre back. Yeah, I think he's all right to fill one of those spots, but I don't think you can put him alongside more. It's it's just my mm. opinion in the with the, you know, with the pace and the actual ball. His his passing is not great, 
And I know we're saying oh, Moore's has not. maybe improved, but like I just think they together it's too limited. Yeah, but I think I, he'll. I, just, I think he'll stick I around. I do. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think from a from a contractual point of view, I think there's going to have to be a hefty bid that's going to come in before he before he's allowed to leave. Yeah. From the club perspective. So we'll see. Seddon will leave. James Henry. Seddon, I forgot he was even still here. (laughs) That was the. (laughs) We were talking a lot about Seddon coming into the season, weren't we? Yeah. Henry's a a good example, though, of this. And maybe I'm just clinging on to because I love James Henry, but he's going to be on a decent wage and he's got another year. Somebody's going to have to come in and match that. Potentially Why pay a, a two-year deal? It's crazy, isn't it? I suppose maybe at the time it wasn't that crazy because of everything he's done, but I don't know. Yeah, so you're going to need someone to take his contract over for us to say, yeah, fine, you can have him. And someone else will want to have to give him a two-year for him to make the move. It's it's not the same with Wildshire. It's the same kind of dynamic. That we're, not going to pay, we're either going to have to pay some players off, which takes money away from spending it on new players. Like, Bulldog's the same thing. Like, he's oh. got another year. Like, Nobody's going to buy him. That's unbelievable, isn't it? It's going to cost a lot of money to correct quite a few mistakes. That will be Bulldog will be a mutual termination. I'm almost positive or retirement. Yeah. Um, Wild shot. Still, that still comes with a payoff fee, though, because yeah, 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 yeah. Sit there for a year and get. But there's no the only one I think out of all of those. So Goran will be gone. I think Henry will be gone. Murphy's the one I'm interested in. Because obviously there were some glimpses towards the end of the season, but it's just whether Manning thinks the attitude is there, I feel will be the most important thing with it. But who well, on earth and, takes on an eight grand, ten grand a week contract? I mean, yeah. And the other mm. thing is, is how often is he going to be available because there's a persistent hamstring issue there. So if he can only be available for half the season again, but equally, no, no one at this level is going to, take his wages, he's not done enough to show that he could go back to the championship, so you feel like we've got to lump it. Therefore, right. I think you put the effort into getting rid of Wildshut and hope that a random Dutch club or Eastern European club take him um, and and his wage. What, what do you guys think about... Um, I, I found when I was looking at players that we currently have that I expect to be in the starting eleven next year, I put Elliot Moore, Brannigan... Um, I put Marcus Brown at a push because I just think when he's on it, he's it's hard to not have him starting. And I put Bowden, assuming that we've got some beautiful players all around him to make him tick. Who who else? I'm guessing some of you will say McGuane should be in there as well. But I was struggling to get beyond that four when I was doing it. Well, the the worrying thing of those four is that two of them in Brown and Bowden normally miss a fair chunk of each season they play in through at least like a third isn't it if not more so yeah and that that's a problem with a lot of the contracted players if we can't shift them you've got Baldock, Murphy, Wildshut, Henry, Bowden, Brown who do not get on the pitch enough for the amount of money they are paid but that's not going to help us get rid of them for exactly the same reason no one's going to want to sign a player who's not available on a high wage so yeah Someone's got to pull some aces out somewhere to get rid of some of these um, wages. But I think you're right. I'd probably have Kieran Brown in there unless we sign an absolutely sensational left-back that we all know is mm. kind of top quality. 
And again, are Unless we going to have the kind plays... of fee that lands that player? Yeah. yeah. Unless, of course, Kieran Brown moves across to play centre-back if Finlay leaves, or whether or not Finlay just becomes, like James said, a kind of third-choice centre-back. And then, you know, you're looking at a left full-back as, as one of the main priorities because you want to move Kieran Brown back into that central role because you're looking to change the system where you want a more attacking, maybe forward-minded, or even potentially someone who's just a little bit more mobile than than um, Kieran Brown, and that's no disrespect to him because I, I think he's a fantastic player. But I, you know, he's not he's not a traditional quote unquote fullback, is he? Well, it, yeah. It's, this brings you to one of the other unknowns about all of this is that what formation does Manning want to play the team yeah. in? So there's a really good article on Total Football Analysis that I was reading about how it talks about him his first season at MK. And he basically was majority of the time playing three at the back and then a four, two, one or a one, two. So if we go to that formation with three at the back, which lots of teams in League One play as well, then it's all out the window because you need three or four wing backs slash full backs that can play high up both defend and attack. You need three centre halves that can pass the ball forward well, of which we have got more at a push. And that's at a push. Mm-hmm. So you've got to kind of completely turn the apple cart upside down. You then don't have as many wingers per se in that sort of formation, um, which leaves us with Murphy and Brown and God knows what to do. You need another midfielder. You might be playing two up top. Um, you might just play, he might just sort of do a 4 2 3 1 type, type thing. We don't know, but he does like to play three at the back. But you need a certain type of player centre half for that. So, do you not? Th- yeah, I I just think regardless of whether it's wing backs or full backs, if we don't sign bloody full backs or <laughs> like if we don't sign some this summer, I'm just going to lose the plot. It's been like how many years of just constantly talking about it. I'm pretty sure it, this it won't happen again. I like I really like Brown um, it, as a as a left back or the left of the kind of three. I just think he's a really solid player to have in the squad at, at a League One level. Um, and he's versatile and you, you want that. A bit like, and I like how Long, when Long came in and played centre-backs, there was some of his best performances, right? Was it like with Sheffield Wednesday, mm-hmm. like Hillsborough, clean sheet, should have won the game alongside Finley, I think it was. Um, I'd, I'd love us to go out there and go really aggressive on attacking full-backs, whatever you want to call it, and then try and yeah. find a way to make our existing centre-backs sort of work look at a midfielder who's more comfortable playing in front of a defence, taking the ball off centre-halves that are not as confident. Yes. That, that sort of move towards that I sort agree. of space and not just go really aggressive on the full-backs, you know, three or four in the door or something like that. For sure. What what happened to... Make, did McNally go on loan? Did he go to... Was he Coventry? Coventry. Coventry. Did he play yeah. games? Yeah, he's yes. been their best... He started every game, basically. Best player, really. Has he? Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. It's been There's no hopes There's no chances again. coming. Yeah, no chances. <laughs> that's all I wanted to know. No, no. And I was just looking at some of the players who've been released from League One, and there's a possible shout for John's Rotter. Yes. Ooh. Um, Lewis Thompson's been released by Portsmouth, the one who slapped Moet. No, 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 ago, no. But I hate that guy. Yeah, but well, he's ex Swindon, isn't he? No, that's that's his brother Nathan. That's Nathan. Oh, I hate that guy. Um, Hang on, I hate both. I always, they've merged into one person throughout my life. I didn't know there was brothers, two of them. So they, you know, 
but he he is the kind of kick people a bit when required type midfielder. So he's the only one I've seen out of all the John players Spacious made available this summer so far <laughs> that might fulfil that role. John, if he if if we sign him, would you get a shirt with Rotter on the back and his number? <laughs> I'll do that anyway. Um, what about that guy from Blackpool? Can he do? Well, that's my shout. But I don't think Manning's going to sign an absolute filth bag. I think a sort of me- medium cultural <laughs> cultured filth bag is about as best. I, want, do. I would still take what's his face from Ipswich, Morse, Morsey, Morsey, Morsey. I know he's I, he's exactly he's the same right. player I wish Ox had. I love. I honestly, I hate that him. guy. Every yeah, exactly. Every time we play him, I'm always just like, I hate that guy, but I want him in our team. Yeah, he's, he's a bit like Max Power. Around. It's yeah. like Max Power. Like I absolutely hate Max Power with a passion, but he's the type of player that if he played for your side, you'd be like, he's he's wicked. Like I love him because he just breaks. The we haven't had that since Maguire, have we? Really, like a shit house, like a proper shit house. Um, so we want a rotter and a shit house, I think, and and twelve fullbacks for John. I just want a midfielder who doesn't, who gets the ball and doesn't go. Oh, I'll take a touch. I'll bend. I'll look. I'll try and do sort of, sort of bigger style things that McGuane and Branning want to do. I just want someone who gets the ball and then just shifts it quickly, not as in booms it up, just shifts it quickly to a better player than him. It's mm. all yeah. I want. In our I midfield. also, yeah, we've also missed out another key aspect of of players that we need to bring in in the summer. We we definitely need a striker or two. Or three. Yeah, I mean, I was saying, fact, is it, I what's the, is, what is the bid? Is it three strikers? Is it four strikers? How many do we need? It's it's, it's got to be at least two, hasn't it? At least. I think at least the point the point the Jack made about like of my four players in the starting eleven, two of them are going to be injured for over half the season in Brown, Marcus Brown <laughs> yeah. and Bowden. Then we're down to two, so we've got two. <laughs> I don't know. I just think um, you're right. We we know we need if Odonka goes out on loan. You know you're definitely going to need to bring in two or three. I just, I, and pro- we, we, I think the problem is, if we keep touched on it, if we can't get rid of players, was really struggling versus the squad cap. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna have we'll to give have them other hand. jobs around the bill. Like Bulldogs, just gonna have to be a cleaner <laughs> next year. And oh, I forgot I about Bulldogs. James Henry. Oh, yeah. It's a ticket office. <laughs> yeah. And this is and this is where this is where obviously the problems can come in, isn't it? Really, to the point where if if we can't seem to shift some of the quote unquote dead wood, then you know that that next season is is probably not going to be anything remotely special. Yeah, but the board can do the be. board. Can, it costs money, but the board can literally solve that problem by spending money on but paying people is, is off and getting they, people in. So. Yeah, I see what you mean. And they've caused a lot of this problem by the terrible window working with Carl last summer, right? They're not going to take know. responsibility for that, though, are they? Uh, I'm got, pretty sure. Pro- nah, that, I don't think that so. amber warning, you know, like the fact that you're kind of calling out the fact that they've re- they've really botched this up and they they hold a large part of the accountability for it. I I'd be very yeah. very surprised if we if we were here talking about oh. Uh, so Seddon's still here, or like something like that. I just, I just don't think there's any chance that that'll be playing out. No, I, I think, think I think someone like Seddon will get another club. He won't be on a big wage. It's, it's no one at our level is going to pay Wildshut the kind of money you would want. No. So you're desperately paying him off, which would be extortionate, or praying yeah. someone in Europe takes him. 
And if we're paying if we're paying those kind of players off, we ain't going to be spending transfer fees as well. So it's got it's going to be one or the other. Henry yeah. under Manning, I think, could play a role. Like he's obviously got yeah. quality of pass, so I wouldn't lose yeah. too much lead if he was still here. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. He's not. He's not on the pitch as not as much as he needs to anymore these days. I, I, I'm not just fanboying him. Okay. I mean, in future pods, pre-season, we'll um, obviously talk about the specifics of what we need. Hopefully, we've signed a few players before. Have they announced a pre-season tour yet? Am I getting too carried away? I need to do some of those and get playing proper games again, rather than having a squad of f- seven and going to. I don't know. They'll probably just go to Wales Malaga. or something. Well, they're playing Swansea, but they're not. It's not in Wales, I don't think. I found it funny listening to. Do you remember the, J- the James Constable podcast? He talked about when they went to Scotland. Was it Scotland for pre-season on like an army oh, training camp? Ended up hospital. Yeah, no, Bino <laughs> ended up in hospital. Um, it was that brutal? Character building. Yeah, it's not. It sounded <laughs> just sounded horrible. Um. Okay. Any any call outs for positive moments of the season from a Tamana perspective? Tamana highlights. John, you're referencing the scoreboard as being the main highlight for the season. Well, I was being um, sort of glib <laughs> as I was writing the notes and then realised I was struggling to do a second bullet point. I think Connor's highlight of the season will be uh, Ryan Clark delivering yes. his bed. Yeah, Connor's yes. now got 17 beds in his house. Yes, um, he took. Yeah, I'm still feeding him. He's still all right. He's downstairs still. He's all right. Um, no, I think that that's a good shout, Jack. But I'd also say one of my biggest highlights was um, Barnsley scoring that equaliser against MK Dons. Yeah, it's just it's funny that it's actually the, the moment of the season, isn't it? Yeah, it I did enjoy. I have to say that the like the finale that you know the just riding on that win against Forest Green and that Barnsley goal going in and Manning channeling his inner Jurgen Klopp and doing the the fist bumps. I like I like I liked all of that. Yeah, I just I felt, that. and that yeah, that's so. the what that's why the Accrington game was kind of good because I was absolutely riding off it. I was like seven goals, two games, two clean sheets. We'd smash Accrington and then we'll go into next season and win another ten. It'll be great. In a I row. think re- reflecting on this season, I'd just like to be in a place where our first pod for next season we're not relying on things like Asamoah Jan has been sitting at the ball flex. <laughs> <laughs> Jer- Jerome Sinclair's on trial, but has opened a chicken franchise. Um, and Connor moaning These are about real things, club not they? doing small men's sizes in shirts. They yeah. were three three things discussed in the first part of this season. If we're on that kind of level again, then it's going to be a long season next Asamoah Jan at the ball flex. Fabulous. Very good, um, Jack. Very good. I remember bolting away this season, thinking about games attended. Um, that was the game where Anderson started on the right wing, scored, and then Seddon came on and scored as well. And Kieran Brown scored a worldie. Absolutely. Yeah, Kieran Brown scored a worldie. I think that was the only game I saw us win this season. But that was, was a great day, wasn't it? I won this season. It was him scoring. Yeah, so we went there expecting nothing and getting the most ridiculous outcome. That was probably game attended highlight. Wow. Yeah, that literally was the... I mean, we didn't win many games, did we? So it's not that much of a surprise. But that was the only one I saw us win. Um, I think I agree with you there. That was definitely the performance of the season in terms of being there and enjoying it. I don't think there was much else to 
So where did we beat Port Vale? And we had that good result away at Exeter, which was a good game, wasn't it? Felt feels a long time ago. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah, we've only we've done thirteen episodes this season. We did fourteen last year, so it's a steady decline. When we first started, it's like <laughs> someone put fifty p in us. We did like why, why do we keep fifty that? episodes? Well, but you're just we're just maturing as a pod. Less wow. episodes, prime content, Nelson Mandela references, everything else. Uh, who who would you vote for most improved podder? <laughs> what about young podder of the season? Connor. <laughs> well, that's only me, obviously. I was I'm thinking... still the only one under 30. Final. <laughs> Sorry to go off on one. But when, um, when uh, Jack Euron wasn't at the game recently with Jack from the young fan podcast but he's gonna have to change surely at some point that name of his pod has, has to change he has changed it now has he yeah i was gonna say he'll either just live through it until he's 70 then it's just ironic <laughs> or something and then, he's, he's he's doing well though isn't he in his channel yeah, and stuff he's, yeah, no, he's yeah, he, is. he, he is. speaks very well he's doing well um he'll have a career in the media he'll be the new jerome um okay thanks everyone for listening this season um it's always good fun that we get to do this and uh, appreciate all the interaction and comments on the socials and stuff. Um, we're nearly hitting 100 episodes actually soon, boys. I think we've got like seven or eight to go or something like that. Hopefully that won't take us the large majority of next season to get there. Hopefully we'll yeah. be able to hit the ground running next year. If well, um, Manning's going to smash it, so we'll be podding every week in exactly. enthusiasm. Yeah, we've won the league by Christmas. A hundred will be a distant memory. Absolutely, I'm very excited yeah. for next season. Like under Manning, I think he is the next five years in theory or beyond. Like project manager, or if it goes terribly, the next five months. Do you know what we we didn't even refer- <laughs> we didn't reference KR going to Leeds, which is quite funny, and also um, yeah, the fact that Manning. Jack, you were talking about it when you were on Radio Oxford, but I remember messaging on WhatsApp about saying if if we had have gone down, there was uncertainty about Manning's contract and everything else. So who knows kind of how that would have played out if we did get relegated and then Manning was then able to kind of look at his options. It would have been interesting. But um, I, I think it's really, like you say, John, it's a mega exciting project all of a sudden again now, isn't it? with some slight anxiety around the state of the squad and contracts, as we've touched on. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I think, good. I think the classic is, and we always <coughs> say this, but I think it really is this time, when that window shuts on the last day of August and we sit there and look at the squad, we cannot still be having the conversation of, why the hell haven't we signed a left-back? Oh, we've still got no defensive midfielder. Oh, who's going to score the goals? But I think having seen what Manning's done previously and how he's spoken, I think I have more faith in him to address those issues than I ever did under Robinson. And yeah, that's really professional. Yeah. 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 Still can't get over how similar he is to Eddie Howe. Well, you know. <laughs> um, Hopefully he does similar things to our club. Yeah. This is what Eddie Howe's done to Newcastle. Just the even the mannerisms, the, the way he talks, the mannerisms that... He's got his own Chris Hogg, hasn't he, Eddie Howe? Um, anyway, final thing we'll say, we should do a, a poll about what player we're going to sponsor next year as a pod. Then we'll have to do some kind of quiz 
that Jack can't play about who wins the shirt at the end of the season. But yeah. If you had to put, just, is there just, any of the current crop that you'd pick? No, but maybe not a quiz. Maybe uh, we'll just have a live raffle. Uh, I think I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Kieran Brown, but then Kieran Brown is going to be kind of probably chased after from. No, and it's got. I, th- I think it has to be a rogue shot. We have rogue to sponsor rogue. a rogue player. Oh. It's going to end up in Ste- the Premier League, and then you know. Oh. Right, we'll oh, leave there it there. There isn't one of them, is there? There isn't one of them, is there, James? <laughs> I reckon actually, right. just just off the just off the back of what John said, I think we should I think we should sponsor Sam Log for all his crosses. Put three hundred and four on the back to represent all the <laughs> failed crosses that happened this season. What a lovely note to finish on. I think we're just bringing it back to some positive vibes, and then uh, back to Sam Long. Um, I think Longy did all right at the end of the season. Big goal I wasn't against Pompey. Digging him out. Was, oh. oh, here we go. Sorry, Sam, John. You're listening. Right, it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll see you in the. We'll see you next season. Bye bye.